0: Beautiful. Well, Miss Kristen is actually at uh, WrestleMania this weekend, Uh, so good on her. She's in Dallas, uh, and so you guys get me doing the kids' blessing. We've got an awesome team of uh, folks helping in the back. I believe the Vanderpoles have our littles, and we've got uh, Terry and AJ and Stephanie Hargrove and Lauren with our bigs. Uh, Our little kids are going to be learning about uh, how Jesus walked on water uh, and how God is always with us, and our bigs are going to be learning about uh, uh, Lazarus and how we have a powerful God no matter what the circumstances. Uh, We've got those videos online for y'all at home as well, but we are going to pray over our kids, and then we are going to uh, go into the next part of our service. Lord God, you raise up every generation, uh, Lord, to be your children. Lord, you don't have grandchildren or great-grandchildren. You have children, and we thank you for that. So as we raise up this next generation of your kids, Lord, we pray that you give us uh, the wisdom and the discernment to just love on them and to teach them the story of a God who loves them. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Beautiful. I think most of our littles are gone, but if not, you guys can head out that way. And Skip, are you doing the reading? No, you're not. All right, I'm doing the reading. Um, All right. (laughs) The look on his face was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, there's a video for the reading? I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, all right. I believe the reading's coming from uh, one of the Gospels. If you can put that up on the screen for me. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do, not, do people uh, pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and will be thrown into the fire. And thus by your fruit, bust by their fruit, you will recognize them. We're going to be talking about what is the fruit of a Christian life today. We're talking about what our witness is, what that looks like, how we live that out. Uh, So we're going to pray, and we're going to dive into that. Invite you to pray with me, Heavenly Father, Lord, You're good. Uh, as we just sang all the time, and yet, Lord, we live in a broken world, uh, and it's easy to misunderstand what You are calling us to do, Lord. So I pray that You speak. Let me pray. Amen. I'm going to sit down, if that's all right with you guys. Uh, a little more chill, I think, at the moment. But again, it's good to be with you. And as we talk about, let me see where these slides are going to be. Uh, nope, wrong way. (sighs) So as we talk about what is a good, oh, no, that's it, I'm tired. Uh, The myth of a good Christian life. Uh, In America, there's a lot of myths of what the good Christian life looks like, right? And it can play a lot of different ways. Maybe the myth is uh, you've got the perfect family, right? You live in the perfect house, the perfect cul-de-sac. Perfect jobs, husband, wife, nuclear family, two kids, one boy, obviously he's got to be older than the younger girl, right? And, and, and we have this idea that that's what it means to, to be Christian. Or the myth of the good Christian life is, no, 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 you got to go to Africa, right? Or, or you got to go to Iran, or you got to be a missionary in, in a foreign country, right? Or the good Christian life is what you can celebrate on social media, And celebrating social media isn't bad by any means. Uh, My wife does a fantastic job doing the highlights of our trip, Uh, but highlights very rarely represent the entirety of the trip. Uh, One of my favorite videos while we were in Puerto Rico, and I almost had it looped for you guys, and I didn't, so maybe we'll do that as a fundraiser, uh, was we we got a new GoPro camera, and it can go underwater, and we did tons of snorkeling, right? Uh, And so we're getting all these cool shots, And I had this idea that I wanted to have this super zen-looking picture of me underwater doing, like, the Buddhist pose, right? And I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. And so we're, we're trying to get this shot, and finally we get it. And so I swim down, right, and, like, all among these reefs. And what you see in the video is me doing, right? There's like three seconds, like, oh, that looks so cool, Josh. What you miss is the three seconds before that where I literally sat on a reef. And if you've ever sat on a reef, you know, or if you've ever gone snorkeling, you don't touch the reef. One, because it's bad for the reef and you want to keep those going. But the other reason, uh, they have defense mechanisms, right? Uh, And so I got poked pretty bad. And I'm still trying to do the shot, though, right? So what you see is Zen Pastor Josh underwater. Well, at the time, I literally have a rash growing on me, right? Internally screaming, but I I have to do it for this shot, right? The myth of the good life, the myth of the Christian life, right? And, And when we talk about what our witness is, how we celebrate our God, how we talk about our God, there's a lot of myths that go with it. Because the command that we are called to be witnesses of Christ is true. But, but how we do that has kind of gotten off the rails sometime. Uh, the command comes from Jesus and uh, Acts chapter 1 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, until the ends of the earth. Jesus tells his disciples that we're called to witness to him. But what does that look like? Is it just letting people, is it just shouting from the, is it holding up signs? What is the good, what what does it mean to witness to Christ? And so often, and literally, they used to teach us this at seminary. How witnessing would go is they would send us door to door, knocking on people's doors and asking the question, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd go, heaven or hell, right? And the idea was it would open the door to a conversation where we could then say, hey, let me tell you about the free gift of Christ. And so that, that was how we were formed for decades within the church, and don't get me wrong, answering the question where we go when we uh, heaven or hell is important, but what we found out is if you just answer that question, you actually aren't representing who Christ is. Do you know Jesus never asked that question to anyone? Literally, he never asked the question. If you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? Instead, instead what he asks is, come follow me. And in following him, we learn about the God that we have. We learn about questions like, where do we go? How do we get to heaven? Through Christ and Christ alone. We learn about what it looks like to follow him, what it looks like to be children of God. And so the question is, how do we witness like that? Well, it starts off by realizing that how we love people is step one of witnessing to the God that we have. Before we say a single thing, people are already watching us. Before I can say, can I pray for you? Before I can tell them about who Jesus is, they are already watching me. And what you're going to find out is that people don't care what you know until they know you care. That's why when Jesus says, hey, the two big commands, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's through that love that we, as God's kids, represent who he is, witness to who he is to the rest of the world. Jesus put it this way, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Oh, wait, I heard that one. What? There we go. No. There we go. Uh, I am all kinds of turned around today. I'm sorry. Um, all right, um, this, this comes from uh, the uh, ancient uh, Christian world, uh, and this is a non-Christian talking about why Christianity is spreading. Why do we not observe that it's the Christian's benevolence to foreigners, their care for the graves of the dead, and the pretended holiness of their lives that has done more to increase? And Now, when they say atheism, remember, you've got to think of it backwards, So this is the Roman religion saying, why are people going to become Christians? And the response is that it's the benevolence to foreigners, so how we treat the foreigner, how we care for the graves of the dead, and how we actually live our lives was what started the spread of Christianity. And that was from a non-Christian's perspective. Uh, Second thing is what we promote uh, witnesses what we believe about Jesus. Again, more scripture- Uh, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or the earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents of the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commands." Uh, Ross King put it this way: Anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want with all my heart is an idol. Anything I can't stop thinking about is an idol. Anything that I give all my life is an idol. Uh, I'm gonna. Sorry, uh, slides were a bit off today. I'm uh, trying to catch up. Um, When we what we use our No, we're just going to jump to this one. Uh, Obviously, I'm a little tired today. Obviously, I'm a little bit um, uh, afraid. And we're going to just lean into this one because that's what we're talking about. This is how we witness our faith. You see, we have a myth that to be a Christian means you always have it together that you don't have hard weeks, that everything's going okay, and if nothing else, you can hold us together long enough. But that's not true for any of us. And that's not the gospel. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, all who have their life together, and, and, and I'll accept you. Jesus doesn't say, Those of you who are really holy or really righteous or are comfortable with what's happening in the world or have your perfect, that's not what he says. The verse goes, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And you see, when we as Christians are able to be vulnerable to a world, to be able to be honest, and still be able to believe in a God who is good and still be able to love differently and not to lash out. See, that's, that's witness. Paul writes these words uh, to the Corinthian church. I am so confused by where these slides are. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You guys ever feel that way? Pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned struck down, but not destroyed. You see, we carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. And this is all for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. This is a picture of me and Erica last week. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to show you what witnessing looks like. We look really happy there, don't we? We were at the Renaissance Festival at Sherwood Forest. And my wife, as always, has much better costumes than I do. Uh, She went as this awesome fairy, I went as Gandalf on vacation. (laughs) Um, And then we'll go back to those slides, but I just need to be able to have this on me. Um, And we had a a really good time. But uh, two weeks ago was hard, this week was hard, but two weeks, uh, uh, last week, both of us were afraid. And so we were going to go to the Renaissance Fair together. And we had this great time. But do you guys ever, any of you who are married, do you guys ever have different expectations of what you're going to do when you go to a place? Has that ever happened to you guys? Well, you've got one idea and they've got another idea. Right? So we get to the Renaissance Festival, uh, we're all dressed up, and Erica has one set of expectations of what today is going to look like, and I had a very different set of expectations of what that day was going to look like. And those expectations started veering away for about an hour. right? Uh, and then uh, she had to go to the car to drop something off. And so we had this little brief moment of where she went by herself, I went by myself, and we had a choice to make. Because I, I was mad, and she was mad. And I knew she was mad, and she knew I was mad. Right? And the choice was, well, we can allow this parallel life to continue going different directions, right, and get further and further away, or we can ask forgiveness of one we could admit that, you know what, I'm not acting the way I want, and I'm not communicating the way I want, and I'm kind of being selfish right now. You know what we did? We came back together, we ate some shawarma, and we talked about it, and we asked forgiveness of one another. And we're like, you know what, I I was kind of being a brat. And And we were both able to admit that. And you know what's cool? Do you know who taught us to do that? I would love to be like, this is a Josh Miller exclusive. No, this is a Jesus thing. Being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave us. You want to know what witness is? Witness is trying to live that out because guys, everyone inside and outside the church, this is where we get witnessing wrong. We think it's, they're different than us. We think they have different challenges or different questions about God or different marriages. No, the people inside this building and the people outside this building are exactly the same. And so when we are able to be vulnerable and honest that, you know what, sometimes I'm perplexed. Sometimes I'm in despair. Sometimes I don't have it all together. But my God still loves me. And he's not done with me. And you know what, sometimes my wife and I, we fight. And we have a choice. We can stay in that. We can decide, no, I want to be self-righteous. I don't want to have forgiveness. I don't want to seek reconciliation. I want to be right. Or we can lean in to a God who says, I forgive you. And I'm asking you to forgive someone else. When it's your spouse, when it's your friend. And you see, y'all, that is gospel fruit. And that is witness, and you, we see it. The world needs forgiveness so bad. It is literally the secret sauce of Christianity. Could you imagine what it would be like if Christians weren't known for what we voted politically, what we, skin color we had, what type of worship services we had, but instead we're known, you know what, Christians, they just forgive people better. Christians reconcile better than everyone else. Could you imagine the witness there? And the cool thing is God gives each and every one of us that opportunity to, to be vulnerable, to so admit it when we don't have it all together, and then to model that and to celebrate it. And if you ever have any doubt of that, that's communion. We're going to do that in a minute. But we're going to pray, uh, and uh, we're going to continue our worship. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the fact that uh, you don't ask us to come together and to have it all put together. Lord, uh, you forgave us, and so we forgive others. Lord, you seek uh, the good of this world, so we seek the good of this world. Lord, uh, we come before you asking that you speak, asking that you move, Lord, and just asking that we can be the people of forgiveness and that can be our witness. In since precious name, we pray, Amen.